Well, tonight we have a uh, we have a very uh, special guest with us. He's a, a really, really good a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine. He don't like like he's not very strong, so just give him like a little bit of a break here. Um, but no, it's uh, so he's over here. Is my you can come up, Mike. Uh, it's Mike Benson. He's the uh, are you the are you the president president CEO of Conquerors uh, International Strength Team, which is a ministry. Um, oh, we're gonna, that is embarrassing, I'm so sorry. Arm wrestle, yeah. Um, no, so he, uh, so he travels, goes uh, all over the world, preaching the gospel, doing uh, just evangelical crusades, and then and really just, he, he was just telling me, you'll probably share some stories about Pakistan, but went to Pakistan and preached to how many people? About uh, well, on TV we're about ten million. Yeah, not that not that big of a deal. No, so ten million just through TV in Pakistan, which is amazing. So he's a he's a great mentor of mine, friend of mine, Mike. Here's the microphone. Let it rip. Thank you. Uh, what's up, young people? Y'all ready to have some fun tonight? Because yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, while I was worshiping, uh, the Lord gave me a word specifically for this group. And this is what he says. He says, you are my chosen generation, a generation that I have prepared for war. You strike fear in the heart of the enemy, and he trembles at the prospect of your awakening. So I am calling you out of your slumber, calling you to the destiny I have prepared. So it's time, it's time, it's time to awaken my warriors for the enemy's neck is at your feet. Walk forward, walk free. Man. Mm -mm. Ain't no fun when a rabbit's got the gun. As Pastor Jake said, I have the awesome honor and privilege of heading up the Conquerors, and we get to break stuff for a living, and we don't get in trouble for it. It used to be malicious destruction of property, now it's ministry. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? And we travel all over the world, been to 38 different nations on the planet preaching the gospel, and in the last uh, 14 or so years, we've had over 450,000 people come to Jesus Christ. And uh, a couple months ago, we just got back from Pakistan, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. Now, let me give you a little backdrop here. These guys on Facebook, they've been hitting me up for a while. You know, pastor, all these weird names, and they're like, come, come, come to Pakistan, preach the gospel. And my attitude was that if Jesus himself shows up, he's got an angel on each side, they have swords of fire, and he says, thou shall go to Pakistan I might consider it. <laughs> but barring that, no bueno. <laughs> so it was just another encounter with a guy on Facebook. You know, I've done some, some Skype stuff over there and some services, but, and the peace of God should be every believer's umpire. And when the shalom of God overtook me, I found myself typing him back saying, yeah, we'll come to Pakistan. And as I'm typing, I'm going, dude, what are you doing? 
your wife is never going to go for this. <laughs> and then I went to her and told her about it, and she said, yeah, I think you should go. I was like, hallelujah, I know it's confirmation now. <laughs> so I'm going to share some photos with you of that trip. There were 66,550 people who got saved. Uh, that is in Lahore, uh, one of our crowds. The next picture. And the Holy Spirit was just... Uh, he, he was amazing breaking out. Next picture. This is a leadership conference. We did four crusades, two in Karachi, uh, one in Lahore, one in uh, Islamabad, and then, uh, or Atabad, and then uh, we did a couple leadership conferences. These are, these are believers in Pakistan, and there was just total revival jumping off. Next picture. Okay, this is a cool picture right here. This is a, a Muslim couple. And their two daughters, when they came, they were both deaf and mute. Now, 40% of our crowds were hardliner Muslim, like this. And in a Muslim nation, they have very strict Sharia ordinances about laying your hands on women and kids. So, you know, these people were up front when we gave an altar call, and the Holy Spirit tells me, I want you to lay hands on the kids. And I'm like, internally, I'm like, what? <laughs> And so they're coming up over here, and I'm praying for people, and I see them with the corner of my eye, and I'm like, I'm over here. I'm trying to pray over here. <laughs> and they start coming, and I see the lady in the burqa coming, and then, and then, uh, and then I, so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I put my hands on her and on the kids, and, and the husband kind of goes like this. And then he says, put hands on the woman. The spirit is coming from her. And I'm like, oh, gosh, come on, Jesus. <laughs> So I put my hand on her. Now the husband is like, he's, you know, his eyes, and I'm praying. I'm like, let's, let's make it quick, Jesus. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. I don't want to have to raise myself from the dead. <laughs> and instantly, both those little girls started making noises, and they both got their hearing. <laughs> and then the husband was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He forgot all about that stuff. Next picture. That's uh, Pastor Asher in the middle. Uh, you guys know my buddy Robbie Dawkins. And there was uh, 50 plus thousand people in Karachi at our meetings. And there was one, the, the last meeting, the transformers started sparking and exploding because the Holy Spirit was so strong, but all the lights stayed on. It was crazy. And the demons, when we showed up, as soon as we get the mic in our hand, demons start manifesting everywhere. So we'd have to tell them to shut up. And then they tried leaving, and we said, oh, no, no, you ain't going anywhere. Stay right where you're at. <laughs> uh, because the people who came in with you are leaving free from you. And there was a lot of healings, deliverances, miracles. Next picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking sharp, huh? In my man dress. I got a man dress going on right there with the security. We got there to the Marriott, and they had three layers of security, machine gun nests, guys with AKs everywhere. I turned to my team, and I says, you know, they got this security for a reason. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not in Kansas anymore, are we? <laughs> yeah, is that the last one, I think? Yeah, that's the last one. So, you know, to go to a nation like that, you can't go over there with allergies and isms. You need to go with a demonstration of the power of the gospel. Otherwise, the enemy will eat your lunch. Religion won't cut it. 
And so I'm going to talk to you tonight about how to witness, how to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And let me give you the definition from the dictionary of what a witness is. It says to witness means an attestation of fact or event, one that gives evidence, specifically one who testifies in a cause or before a judicial tribunal. One asked to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify to its having taken place. One who has personal knowledge of something, something serving as evidence or proof, i.e. a sign. Now, Jesus modeled the life of every believer. Jesus is the standard for every disciple. A disciple's goal is to be like his master. And Jesus witnessed two ways, with proclamation and demonstration. He went about proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he demonstrated the power of the kingdom. In uh, Matthew 24, 14, this is in the Passion Translation of the Scripture, one of my favorite uh, translations. Yet through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And after this, the end of the age will arrive. In our culture, they have been inundated with proclamation, but they've seen very little demonstration. This culture, it's going to take power encounters, power, demonstration of the power of the kingdom in order to change this country. And I got news for you. You are the generation that is going to turn this place upside down or right side up in the kingdom's perspective. You are the generation. Um, John 5, 36, also in the Passion Translation, but I can provide a more substantial proof of who I am that exceeds John's testimony, my miracles. These works which the Father destined for me to complete, they prove that the Father has sent me. Now, you can do good deeds in his name, or you can let him do deeds through you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is not all about talk. He's, he puts his money where his mouth is. If Jesus was from the United States, he'd be from Missouri, the show-me state. He backed up everything he said with a demonstration of power. John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I have told you the truth already, and you did not believe me. The proof of who I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my Father. Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to be in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to end these earth. We cannot witness the resurrection power of Jesus Christ without a demonstration of that same power. The power of God, or the anointing, the Holy Spirit, when you get born again, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're inside wall to wall. But when the Spirit comes upon you, that is for one purpose, it's power and it's to be a witness. It's to say, hey, the gospel of the kingdom is at hand. You want to see? <laughs> yeah, let me show you. I'll show you. I'm from Missouri, too. No, not, not really. <laughs> I had fun with that in Kansas last weekend. 
Sorry, he'd be from Missouri. Acts 4.33. And this is, in the, uh, this is in the New King James Version. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They said, Jesus is alive. He's raised from the dead. And there's probably naysayers and all that. And, and they, they, they said, yeah, I'll show you. They raised the dead. They cast out devils, healed the sick. And great grace was upon them all. For us, there's, all, there's really, there's a lot of hindrances, but these are the main two hindrances to witnessing. The way we see others and the way we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. We usually treat people the way they act instead of treating them the way God sees them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. And if we can't see ourselves the way the Father sees us, we will never be able to see others the way the Father sees them. You are not your past. You are not your hang-ups, your mistakes, your shortcomings, your failures, your IQ, your test, whatever test you took. You are not all those things. You are exactly what the Father says you are. You have exactly what he says you have, and you can do exactly what he says you can do. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Our beliefs about ourselves often deny his work of redemption in our life. Let me tell you, we have a flesh problem. And the enemy's masterstroke is to get you and deceive you into thinking that the deeds you do in your flesh is who you really are. It's not who you are. We got to put up with this stuff until... We either put it in the ground or we go back. And uh, I'll, I'll be glad to get rid of this thing. Got to feed it all the time. <laughs> Got to shower it all the time or it starts thinking. You know, this is not who we are. We are spiritual beings. We are joined to the Lord. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You cannot separate who you are from who he is. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Mm, mm, mm. When we see ourselves the way God sees us, we'll see others as they really are. They're not sinners, they're captives. Sin may have them in bondage, but they're not captive for long, not, not when they come across you. Galatians 3.13, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs crucified on a tree. You know, I was, uh, several years ago, I was overseas and I was about to minister uh, to a rather large audience, about 3,000 people, and I had had a fit of carnality the night before. I messed up royally. Don't worry, it ain't none of your business what I did. And I was pacing before I'm supposed to go on there, and I'm having a dialogue with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I, I mean, I, I can't go out here and preach. And, and he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know what I did last night, man? I messed up royally. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, God, you know, you see all things. Come on. He says, son, when I see you, I see my son Jesus. Now get over yourself. Ooh, yes, sir. <laughs> I got over myself quick. You see, the Lord has to speak. The still small voice thing don't work with me. He's got to be direct and blunt. 
So he told me to get over myself. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to get over ourselves. You know, the source of all suffering is a focus on self. Mm. Get your focus off of you and you'll, you'll relieve 90% of your suffering. You have a need, meet it in somebody else's life. There's basically only two things you need to witness. Oh, and don't worry, this is not just a talk, talk. This is going to be a demonstration too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. There's only really two things you need to witness. Acts 4, 29 through 30. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us, empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. Boldness and speech. They had just been brought before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the day. And by the way, as I study the book of Acts, the Lord's got me devouring the book of Acts right now. I'm on my eighth time going through this thing. And whenever I see explosive church growth, and I'm not talking about building sizes or how many people are in the pews. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ exploding. There's two things present. The power of signs and wonders and persecution. And when you start moving in the power of God and the signs and wonders of God, you're going to get persecution and you're going to get it from the same people that Jesus did. It ain't going to come from the world. It's going to come from the religious leaders. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother deal right there. I'm going to be good, Lord. Boldness and speech. They were threatened. They said, if you speak in this name anymore, we will kill you. So what did they do? They went back and they got together and did they say, oh, well, you know, you got you to use wisdom. You got to use wisdom when you're operating in the governing authorities. You got to obey. No, they said, Lord, give us boldness that we may boldly proclaim your gospel. You work through us through signs and wonders. You can either tell people about Jesus, which is all valid. That is a valid form of witnessing. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them what the word says, the word of God says. Do all that. You can either do that or you can introduce them to Jesus. And let him do what only he can do through you. I prefer that method. You know, I've uh, been in ministry now for almost 15 years. I'm, I'm still a rookie, getting, getting out of the rookie stage. And uh, last year, of course, I went to Power and Love. Woo! And it was awesome, man. I was in the presence of God, and I haven't felt the presence of God that strong in a long time. And I'm in the midst of it, and I'm getting into it. And, and, and the Lord says to me, Mike, you're a really good professional Christian. And I said, what, Lord? What do you mean? He said, oh, yeah, you'll move in my gifts and in my spirit when you're in a pulpit or overseas. But when you're in the grocery store, you can care less about the people dying around you. <sighs> Ouch. So here I am in front of all these people on my face, snotball crying, repenting before the Lord. And I got up and I said, no more, Lord, gloves off. 
Nobody's safe around me. Nobody. And so I've been on a mission ever since that day. You see, when you get saved, it's not a one-time event. It is a, it is a path you walk out from glory to glory, faith to faith. So I'm going to share some stories with you of some encounters. And the reason I'm sharing this is to encourage you and to infuse faith into you and hopefully to call out your identity. Because until you know who you are, you can't really be free. If you're still defining yourself by your mistakes, your past, what the world culture says, you're not truly free yet. And, and Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And I'm telling you, if you're not fishing, you're not fully following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stick that one in your hat. First picture. No, not that one. Dude, I'll get to that one. Get the girl, me and the, the girl. Yeah, right there. This is Keely. So we were in Australia and you know we do school assemblies and they're secular motivational and then we invite the students to come with their families to a gospel presentation or a church some of you are familiar with our, our modus operandi and so we were at the mall in brisbane and we were looking for a pair of sunglasses a certain pair of sunglasses and i went to the billabong store me and iago and our host and the holy spirit did not highlight this lady to me he didn't give me a word she had the coolest tattoo i've ever seen i mean this chick had a bad mammer jammer it was an indian head and it covered her whole thigh it was so colorful so intricate i said that's a cool tattoo where did you get that and i started talking to her and and, and prophetically i could discern that she was new age Holy Spirit just told me right there, she is new age. And uh, I'm talking to her, she's all happy and all this stuff, and, and the Lord gives me a word for her. And I said, Kaylee, Keely, on the outside, you're presenting yourself as you got it all together, but inside, you're, on your, you're about to lose it. And she went, and I said, is that true? And she says, yeah. And I says, as a matter of fact, there's a dream that you gave up on recently. As a matter of fact, it was two days ago that you gave up on your dream. And then the tears started coming. And I said, the reason your dream hasn't come to pass is because the author of that dream, the one who put it in you, his name is Jesus. And without a relationship with him, you'll never see it come to pass. You know what she said to me? How do I do that? Funny you should ask. <laughs> so I prayed with her. And she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior right in a billabong store. Bam! Don't worry, I won't drop the mic. <laughs> now, at that moment, I could have used all other valid ways of witness. I could have told her about Jesus, told her Jesus loves her. Is that true? That's true, right? I could have read scripture. I could have done all. I could have invited her to church. Inviting her to church is great. But instead, I stepped back and let him show up. And she knew at that moment she wasn't speaking to me. She was speaking to Jesus. She was dealing with Jesus. Next picture. All right, this, <laughs> yeah. All right, so my wife is introverted, okay? She's uber introverted, like we're total opposites. She hates sitting up front. She likes sitting in the back, you know, nondescript. So 
we go somewhere to a store or something, and I mean, I, I don't care where we're at, Walmart, grocery, post office, I could tell you stories all day. And, and she'll look at me and she'll say, are you gonna? And I was like, I don't know, I might. <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> so we're in Nordstrom Rack. This is Nord Nordstrom Rack. And, and I see this Muslim family, and automatically, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm, I'm kind of doing a drive-by, you know, <laughs> kind of scope them out, listening to the Holy Spirit. And uh, usually he'll give me an unction. You know, here's the thing. Your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. That's what the scripture says, right? I used to try to witness to everybody, and then God gave me that revelation People's names are in the book of life. They just don't know it yet. So when I pray, I say, Lord, show me who's in the book. Show me who's in the book. Makes witnessing a whole lot easier. And so I get an unction, and, and I, hear, I usually hear there's pain. There's a lot of pain. So I just rolled up on them, and there's a daughter uh, who took this picture, and this is a mom, her mom and dad. And I says, excuse me. I said, uh, but I was just kind of going by, and I, I sensed that uh, somebody here is in a lot of pain, and I'm here to pray for them so they can be healed. And the daughter's, like, looking at her parents like this, and they can't speak, you know, and all that. And I said, will you translate? And she looks and says, my mom, my mom has a bad leg. It's all swelled up and stuff like that. And I says, well, if you'll allow me to pray for her, Jesus will heal her right here, right now. And she says, well, we're Muslim. I said, that's okay. Jesus heals Muslims too. <laughs> Jesus don't care about what name tag you put on yourself. If you aren't in his kingdom, anything you put on yourself is a lie. He don't care. I love Muslims. Atheists, oh, those are my favorite. Oh, man. I love them guys <laughs> and gals. <laughs> that's a whole different deal, though. Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, so, so she puts her, puts her leg out and I, I, on her knee, and I put my hands on there, and I can feel the swell. I start praying, and I'm like, I start feeling it go down. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> this is cool. It still blows me away. I'm, and, and, her, and her leg's going down and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And she's walking around, she's going. And I'm like, what's going on? And she says she doesn't feel any more pain. And then all of a sudden, the dad walks up and goes, mm. And I was like, whoa, homeboy. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't want no drama. <laughs> and uh, he says something, and the daughter says, he has back pain. He wants to be healed, too. <laughs> I said, all right. So I lay my hands on right there in Nordstrom. People are watching. They're kind of, you know, I see this one lady. She's kind of shopping in a section that I know she ain't supposed to be shopping, and she's eavesdropping, you know. I'm like, come on, get some of this residual then. Go ahead. And, uh, and I pray for him, and the Lord gives me a word for him. And I said, sir, I perceive that you are a leader in your country. And Jesus says, if you'll surrender your heart to him, he'll give you influence in your entire nation. And the daughter's over there like. <laughs> and I says, can you translate that? And she's like, yeah. And he's like looking at me like this. And she says, you don't understand. My father's a leader of his village. Wow. Yeah, and I told him, I said, the reason you're healed today and the reason that God spoke to you is because he's drawing you to himself. Jesus wants a relationship with you. See you around. And I left. <laughs> That's it. 
The only thing you have to do to witness effectively is take risk and obey his voice. And if you want to hear his voice, quit thinking about yourself and start thinking about him and others. It's really easy. Serious. Because he's talking to you 24-7. You just ain't hearing him. And then when he tells you to do something, you're like, oh, I can't do that. No way. Now, none of this stuff happened. Keely, these people didn't happen because I'm evangelist Mike Benson, because I'm Conqueror's uh, international strength team captain. I'm a big, scary dude. This all happened because I'm a son of the king. I may have a vocation in the body of Christ. I may stand in the office of evangelist, but outside of that, I'm a son of God. You have the same power in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Every single one of you. And Jesus wants out. People ask me, well, how come you lift weights? So I'm trying to give them some room to move around in. You know, I don't want them cramped up in there. Be like, come on, man. I got give them some room. You're going to live up in here. <laughs> Next picture. Oh, yeah. Jared, this is Grand Valley. So I remember I was walking the track and I saw Jared in there. And I was like, oh, it's so on. <laughs> and I walked up and I said, you going here? And he said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, this is cool. So when I'm working out, that's my sanctuary time. I put the headphones on. I'm not rude to anybody, but I ain't talking to nobody. I'm praying. I'm focused. You know, that's, that's my time, you know. That's like part of my prayer closet, the prayer closet outside of my home. I do most of my praying in my car and other areas and stuff. I don't know, some of you may have a prayer closet. I would go nuts in a prayer closet. <laughs> it would drive me nuts. So, you know, I'm walking out, and this, this chick is walking, and she's got a limping, got a thing on her knee, and, and I walk by, and the Lord says, I want you to heal her. I'm like, oh, come on, God. This is my zone, man. Let Jared do it. Tell Jared to do it. <laughs> I'm only here in the mornings. He's here all the time. Have him do it. <laughs> and uh, so I turn around, I go up to her, and I says, hey, uh, I don't know how you're going to take this, but uh, uh, what did you do to your leg? You know, I asked her all that first, and then I said, I don't know how you're going to take this, but uh, if you let me pray for you, Jesus will heal your knee right now. She goes, okay, sure. It's cool, man. So I get my hands on her and I start praying. And she's like, well, what do you have in your hands? I said, what do you mean? I don't have anything in my She says, it's hot. I said, oh, yeah, that's going to be good. <laughs> so this ain't no icy hot. This is Holy Ghost hot. <laughs> ain't no muscle rub got nothing on this, man. I'm telling you what. And uh, so she's going around and she's like, moving her leg and she, you know, before she's all in pain and I asked her the pain scale where you're at. She says, I'm zero, no pain. And the girl that's taking a picture, she's kind of tearing up and she's like, you don't understand, you know, the volleyball. I'm not, I'm not a big sports guy. Volleyball team, semifinal, something like that. She's the captain or something. And, uh, and she turns and she says, I'm going to play. I'm going to play now. And I said, you go girl. I said, the reason your knee is healed is because Jesus is revealing himself to you. He's calling you. He wants a relationship with you. See you around campus. Bam, and I'm out. 
We are not responsible for the results. We're responsible for the obedience. Now, trust me, I will go through a lion's den with pork chop underwear on to save a soul. All right? <laughs> but there's times when I'm not called to close the deal. I was so young and zealous, I thought if somebody didn't pray the prayer that I was failure and all, because the focus was on me. Once I got the focus off of me, it, this, this thing is really easy. It really is. Living this kind of life is so easy and is so fun. I told my wife, I says, I am never going to be bored again. Man, just if I'm, if I'm feeling bored, I'm just going to head to Walmart. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go off. Next picture. <laughs> this is Bob. Okay. People who know me, I'm a little bit anal when it comes to time. Okay. I'm a time Nazi, my wife says. If I'm supposed to be somewhere at 10 o'clock, I get there like 10 2, and I consider that on time. My wife, not so much. She's like, gets there a minute before or right on time. It drives me nuts. It's been the source of intense fellowship in our home at times. <laughs> but man, let me tell you, I am about my time. So I'm going to meet a pastor friend. He's a mentor of mine. We kind of mentor each other. And I got to meet him in the middle of the state because he's over here and I'm over here. And I look at my GPS and it says, I'm going to meet him at the restaurant. I'll get there at 5 to 12. Our meeting is at 12. It's a good day for Mike. Driving down the road, summer, you know, tunes going. I drive by, I see this guy. He's loading siding into the back of his truck. The Holy Spirit says, he's in a great amount of pain. I want you to turn around and go heal him. I was like, come on. So I whipped it around. I whip into his driveway really fast. I just come barreling out of my truck. <laughs> and I says, hey, man, I'm here to pray for all your pain. And he's like, you ain't here to beat me up? <laughs> no. I'm not here to beat you up. Lay hands on no man vigorously, you know? So I told him, I said, I drove by, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of the subtle stuff. The Holy Spirit told me, you're in a lot of pain. Are you in a lot of pain? He says, he's just like, yeah, I got fibromyalgia. He wakes up, he's at about a 7, and when he starts doing stuff like that, he's at about a 10. And I said, well, can I pray for you right now? He says, yeah, I pray for him. And he's like going like this and starts going like this, and tears start coming down his eyes. I get done and he's, he's, he, you know, you can tell when he's just like tripping. He's like, I said, what's going on? I said, I don't feel any pain. It's been seven years since I haven't felt pain. And I said, the same thing I say to everything. The reason this is happening is Jesus is revealing himself to you. He wants a relationship with you. He says, I try to talk to God. I said, no, no, no. Not try. You can have an intimate relationship with Jesus. He died for you. The thing that's keeping you from a relationship is your sin but he died to remove sin so that you could have a relationship with the Father. Do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? He said, yeah. I led him to the Lord. I spent extra time with him, telling him where the church was, trying to get him plugged in, you know. And then I'm driving, and I'm so geeked up now, you know. Time, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. I get to the, the lunch, and I sit down. I ain't even thinking. I look at him. I know I was there for at least 10 minutes. 
maybe more. I look at my watch, and I'm like, what? I look at my phone, 12 o'clock on the nose. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is cool, God. Now, can I do the translating thing? You know where Philip rolled up on the Ethiopian and then he was done and then he's over in another city like that? Because I, that would save me a lot of time in airports and airplanes. <laughs> Stuck on a cigar tube with a bunch of devils all the time, man. You know? <laughs> next, next picture. All right, ne next one. Where's he at? There's my boy. Oh, huh. okay. So fear is false evidence appearing real. Whatever fear you have going through your mind is false. If you think of the, all the times you've been afraid of something, how a situation is going to turn out, and then you get past the situation, it never turned out that way. Can everybody relate to that? False evidence appearing real. Fear is a thief. It's a robber and it's trying to keep you from stepping into your destiny. It's trying to keep you from stepping out into who you really are. And so don't ever get comfortable anytime. Because the comfort zone will kill you. Life was created to have movement and go forward. It, there's nothing static in the universe. Everything moves forward or it dies and goes backwards. When you get comfortable, that's not good. God will always stretch you past your comfort zone. So, you know, I've been, been rolling around, you know, and, and getting used to the living this lifestyle instead of just going to church. I love the church, but I'd rather be the church. You know, a church is like the forward operating base or FOB. In, in, in combat, you have a forward operating base. You're, you're taking territory and you have a base where you come back and you get food, you get ammunition, you get uh, orders, you get strategy, you get rest, you get a medic if you need it, and then you're right back out in the fight. That's what churches are, where we get food, we get rest, we get healing, we get all that. But it's so we can go out there and kick the devil's hind end. And, and so, you know, I'm getting, I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting comfortable. And God's starting to stretch me. So we're going to go to Pakistan, and it costs a lot of money. And I've already sent a lot of money over there. The visa to get into Pakistan is one of the hardest visas you can get. I mean, we went through, I had a stack of papers. It was, I won't bore you with the details. We turned it in to Chicago, everything. Uh, and we're still not, I had a letter of employment that I had to write to myself. And I emailed it to him because it was missing when I turned it in. And I'm emailing him, calling him, not hearing anything, not hearing anything. It's getting to be a week out, a week before we're supposed to fly. And I don't have the visa. And to say that I was nervous is an understatement. So I said, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going back in there. So on my way, I'm driving down the road, just me and the Lord. And the Lord says, there is a staff member in the embassy who's in pain. I want you to heal him. And I'm like, what? Jesus, come on now. I'm trying to get into the Islamic Republic of Pakistan on a tourist visa. And you want me to go Holy Ghost up in there? 
And I'd like to say I just, you know, obeyed. But no, my mind and my flesh were rising up against the directive from God. Your number one enemy is the enemy within. The flesh. You get that flesh under control, you crucify that thing, then you'll experience true demonic opposition. I hear this all the time. Oh, the devil's doing this. That ain't the devil. That's your flesh, man. Straight up. So I'm having this battle, this, this contest, and I already know. So I go in there and I talk to the guy. You know, he's like got a beard and everything. Looks like the Taliban. And, oh, is that politically incorrect or whatever? Oh, well. And, uh, and you know, I go up there and explain. He says, I give him the letter because I brought one. And he says, oh, yeah, we'll tell you in 30 minutes if you're going to get your visa. So I go to sit. And there's two desks over there. And one guy gets up and he leaves. And the Holy Spirit says, that's the one. I'm like, oh, man. So I sit there for like 10 minutes vacillating, man. I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm having an internal battle. But I know in my spirit, if I get still, like I love how we were singing about getting still, because in that moment I had to get still because I knew I was at a crossroads. I could either stay at this level and keep bumping my head, or I could make a decision and move into another level. From glory to glory, faith to faith. All the power of God is in you, but you have to be trusted as a steward over what's in you. And as you step out in obedience and take risk, he reveals more and more of the power that's within you. He doesn't give you any more. He's already given you all of it. And so finally I get up and I walk up there and I say, hey, how you doing? My name's Mike. I am Aziz. I says, Aziz, I believe I'm standing here right now because I'm supposed to pray for you because you have pain. And he gets up. He's staring at me like this. And I says, is that, is that true? He says, yes, in my back and in my heart. How did you know? I said, Jesus told me. If you let me pray for you, he's going to heal your back right now. He says, I am Muslim. I said, it's okay, Jesus heals Muslims too. That's my line. <laughs> he says, go ahead. So I'm praying for him, you know, and I open my eyes and he's going like this. I said, what are you experiencing right now? He said, something is all over me. Something is all over me. I said, oh, this is good. That's something, that's somebody. He's healing your back right now. Then the Lord gives me a word for him. I says, Aziz, you, you're, you're waiting on a very important decision, and you've been waiting for a long time. That decision is coming by the day's end. And he just looks at me, and he's testing his back. He's all good. Then they call me up, and they say, uh, yeah, you can get your visa, but you got to come back at 3 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. So I had to hang out, get some Chicago-style pizza, you know, and uh, stay away from the Michigan Mile. And uh, and I come back at 3 o'clock, and Aziz is like, Mike, 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 come, 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 come. I'm like, oh. He's like, at my lunch break, I ran up and down the stairs. My back is still good. And he says, you know, and he explains to me some diplomatic position that he had applied for that somebody at his level never gets. He said he got approved a half hour. He got an email saying he got approved half hour after I left. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And my whole, I was floating out of there. Plus, I got my, you know, my thing. I was like, this is a good way to start the trip, Lord. Uh-huh. Yeah. 